Rachel Singer is a founder of Moving Hearts and a certified dance movement therapist, helping children deal with their emotions and supporting the parents in the process. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Dina. It's so great to have you here. So Rachel, could you tell us a little bit about the beginning, how you got into dancing and floor time and Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, really exciting to be here. Um, so I grew up um, very lucky that my family followed my interests. And I grew up dancing, you know, in a tutu around the living room. And also my dad has a passion of Afro-Cuban music. So I grew up going to African dance classes at a very young age and being exposed to that, as well as theater and musicals. So I think, and then in addition to that, my parents um, were a lawyer and doctor. So I really saw the importance of helping people, right? And um, giving back to the community. So as a young kid and adolescent, I, I grew up into, I did my own musicals. I did a lot of dancing on my own, but it wasn't really until college that um, I ended up changing I ended up pursuing child development and started teaching preschool um, at this at San Francisco State University, and we had an on-site preschool, which was just fantastic. So I could really learn alongside of my observations and experience. And there is when I started seeing how we can actually incorporate yoga and movement, you know, with the kids. And so then, as I got older, I started exploring more yoga, mindfulness, free form movement, such as like five rhythms, ecstatic dance, that wasn't as structured. And that really spoke to me in my heart. <laughs> and, and African dance as well. And then again, aligned with working with kids. Um, and I was always very connected and called to working with the children that had more difficult and challenging behaviors. Mm -hmm. And then this continued in one preschool that I worked at, you know, there was a mental health consultant on site and I worked directly with him with one child. And that just really like lit this bulb for me of like, oh, I want to do more therapy. And we had a dance studio there. And so I would take a small group of kids to the studio and just let them explore with a wide range of music. And I saw the children that had, you know, quote unquote, you know, weren't listening or difficult behaviors or actually had diagnoses of autism. They just, I just saw them shine. I saw their essence come out. And afterwards they were able to really like sit down and do group circle time and, and socialize better. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> so that ended up me pursuing dance movement therapy when I found out about that, it was like, oh, another aha moment. And, um, and then in that, in my schooling, in my master's at Sarah Lawrence is where I started learning about family Greenspan and Serena Weeder, who created DIR floor time. Wow. So how would a session be going? You'd be doing floor time or, and how would you be combining the dance into the floor time actually? Yeah, so I really think of it as dance movement therapy is like my lens. So I'm following the so in the session with a child, um, there I'm following their lead. Maybe we're just 
playing their game of cars, right? Going back and forth. And I'm noticing maybe it's very horizontal movement. Mm-hmm. So then I join them and mirror them in that. So that's a dance therapy technique and DIR. And then I might add in, oh, what happens if we go up, right? So then I'm incorporating more movement mm-hmm. with their interest. So that's one way. Another way is some kids who just love dancing and love music. We, we just dance and move together, right? And, um, and I incorporate, you know, and again, that's, again, incorporating their interest as well as uh, the, which is the dancing, right? And then kind of supporting them and expressing any feelings that, you know, come up for them. Huh. So most sessions would be like a one-to-one or group sessions? Both. Uh-huh. And in nowadays with the Zoom, can you actually <laughs> do it on Zoom? Surprisingly, yes. Um, I feel very fortunate that I was able to help kids through Zoom. Um, and basically, I think because I was following their lead and I wasn't saying this is what we have to do and it wasn't structured mm-hmm. um, and it's movement, so we don't actually have to do much talking. It just really was orga- is organic. Um, so we put on, a, you know, I like to find out their favorite song or I just, however they start, I, you know, kids are moving all right, always, right? So I just join them in that. So sometimes they'll start wiggling and I'll be like, yeah, let's get our wiggles out, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe we're incorporating, let's pretend to be the rain and the weather. And so we're getting some regulation and soothing through movement. Um, and so just using, imagine, I use imagination a lot mm-hmm. as like movement journeys with, with children through Zoom. Ah, sounds awesome. And what is actually the meaning of moving hearts? Yeah, so um, really, I, I came up with that idea when I was in undergrad, but um, really the idea of I have it capitalized for arts, right? So really support, my main goal was to support moms and children in connecting um, through movement and, and through, you know, really supporting them to bring that positive relationship and to work on that and really using the arts. So music, dance, art, drawing, painting, writing, um, maybe some sensory exploration as well. And how do you actually support the moms in this process? Yeah. So, um, I first have a call with a parent, with a mom, and just listen, really just listen to them and what their concerns are for their child or for themselves. And then it's, it, it usually is really, I want you to help my child, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I'm here for, but I'm also really here to help them as well. So uh-huh. listening to them. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Especially when I think most moms for kids on the spectrum suffer from a post-traumatic or some kind of trauma themselves. Yes, yes, exactly. And and the body holds everything and holds trauma. So it's a really great access point to work together through releasing that. So would a session be with the mom and the child together or mom separately and children separately? 
really depends. I open that up. I give them options of what is it that they want. So sometimes it is where the parent starts, join, joins our session in the beginning and comes in at the end and then leaves and then comes in at the end. Um, or sometimes it's the whole thing, right? With the, the mother and the child or a parent. Um, yeah. And how would you uh, say is the best way to help kids who have difficulty, you know, with knowing how to breathe in order to relax? So what else can we actually do? <laughs> Great question. So there's a lot of, I mean, one is co-regulation, which for people who may not know this term, it's being that other caregiver or whoever that is and modeling and supporting them in that breathing, right? So just me doing that is probably gonna activate your mirror neurons to wanna do it as well. So the first step is if you can tell your child is getting dysregulated or having a hard time, right? You might just be like, oh, oh this is hard, right? That's one way. Another is using imagination. So let's pick a dandelion from a garden or what, what kind of flower do you wanna pick? You know, and then we smell the flower and then blow out the petals. Or, you know, some people like to do, pick the flower, smell the flower and blow out the candle. I like to keep it connected for children that are concrete <laughs> um, or blowing a balloon, right? Or make a pretend cake. Mm -hmm. And so in that process of, oh, we're stirring, oh, we have to wait for the cake to be made, oh, we want to blow. So I just kind of weave in the breathing. And then I, for children that, you know, maybe are more um, available and developmentally, developmentally appropriate, mm -hmm. you can actually teach them about the brain and body and say, when we are feeling frustrated and we're feeling stressed or angry or anxious, we stop breathing. And when we get back into breathing, it creates, it promotes oxygen, right? And we can be more regulated and, and be engaged with others, right? So you, and again, in, in language that works for that child. Exactly. And what would be your tips on how to start doing yoga or meditation with kids? Yeah, so one again is modeling and doing it for yourself. Your child's gonna be interested. <laughs> what are you doing, mommy, right? Um, up, downward dog, you know, they might just, let, letting them be a part of your own practice is one piece. Mm -hmm. The other is there's a million amazing books out there that have yoga for kids. So that is another tool um, and guided meditation, you know, and just, Again, using imagination to support even with meditation. So imagine we're walking through the forest, right? What do you see? What do you smell? What do you hear? What do you feel? And you're just exploring that with them, letting them guide you too. And, and then what is that? What's happening in the body, right? Exactly. And how should parents detect that actually the children are beginning to get into a stress mode, you know, before it actually explodes? <laughs> Great question. I actually have a blog 
post on this as well on my website. Um, you can see it through tension in their bodies. So, well, a few ways, right? Everybody's different. So one way might be your child might be like, like tightening up, you know, shoulders up, tense mm -hmm. muscles, that kind of thing, or even their, their face looks tighter. Some children might be like in flight mode, right? So we have fight, flight, freeze as a stress response. So they might be just running all over the place. They might be climbing up your body, mm -hmm. trying to get some input, trying to feel safe. Um, freezing and like not knowing what to say or, um, you know, that kind of thing. And, and again, or aggression, right? So if they're starting to hit or bite, that's communicating that they are needing something and probably to start connecting with them and doing some of these modeling, you know, attunement strategies that I've talked about. Exactly. And I understand you also do like a, we spoke, we mentioned that the sessions for parents. So what do you think would be the main challenges that parents for kids on the spectrum of facing? Yeah, so I'm sure there's a ton that I don't even, that I'm not even aware of because I'm not a parent. But what I have seen is, I think there's a struggle of really knowing what's best for them, managing all the things, managing you know, what the child's behavior and what they're needing and then your how you know, chores and, and work, right? Time management. And then another piece is um, relationships. So your spouse, maybe the way that you, the parent sees the way that their child needs support is might be different than the way your spouse does. And so mm -hmm. that might create some tension. Um, another thing that I often see is just still dealing with the grief that your child isn't typical and maybe you have a sibling you know another child that is and so you're you struggle with that or you have two kids on the spectrum so um dealing with the grief that your child isn't what you thought it, they would be exactly and Rachel do you have a, a YouTube channel or anything because just speaking to you I can see the wonderful energy that you're giving. <laughs> and just I was thinking that just watching you on YouTube could just calm so many parents and so many <laughs> thank you thank you so much I I have one but I will be honest I have not uh, been um you know active on it but maybe I will yeah yeah because it's really you know calming and a lot of times you know to do flow time we need a lot of energy and sometimes parents feel so depleted of the energy and they're not able to give what you what you actually give so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah definitely and and i think you're you know what i hear too from what you're saying is there's a an energy and that you do need to have that with your child yeah. on the spectrum or neurotypical but also a calm, that combination of calmness. Exactly. And for me, meditation and mindfulness really helps me get regulated yes. and moving my body. So, you know, I think the more that we do that, the more regulated that we are as the adult, 
will really help like over time your child get feel more regulated because they can feel our stress yes they know to to read us so well you know even if it's without words they know our expressions our eyes our facial muscles everything about us to detect in which state we are actually in exactly so for example when you'll have a child with extreme behavior issues how would the session be like like i know you mentioned the the cards but if we're talking about a kind of an imagination or some sort of game like that how would you think how would you describe the session yeah so i'll share with you without saying the name of a client that i've worked with in the past um where you know the session is going really well we're we're, we're putting there's music on we're playing we're talking back and forth right and then all of a sudden they they just become dysregulated and become upset and um and are like you know stemming and moving their body and rocking back and forth mm -hmm. and um and so i pick up on those cues and i stop talking I change my affect, right, with my face, and I slow it down, and I just say, it looks like you're really frustrated, and I start embodying and mirroring what they're doing, but on a very small level, right, I'm not, I'm not going as fast as they are, or what, you know, this is what one child was doing, I'm not, you know, yeah. imitating, um, but I'm starting to just kind of join them and then letting that just be. And so we're not really even, you know, I'm not like, we're not doing anything. Like I, again, I might stop talking completely and I might just be with them. And this shifted the session for this child in particular, where they felt seen, they felt heard, Mm -hmm. Right. I just said one thing. You seem frustrated. That is frustrating. Maybe I forget if it was that I put on a song that they didn't like or, you know, something happened and I don't even pick. I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. But I I just stopped. I turned off the music and I changed my way of being and met them where they were. And they, they started calming down. Uh, wow. Does that answer your question? Yes, yeah. it did. Certainly it did. And what would you give the parents as a homework? I mean, because it's not enough just to see you, you know, once a week or whenever they see you. So what do they do during the week at home with the parents that can help? So um, one client in particular, we have this nice rhythm where actually like every hour, right before our session starts, I check in and say, how was the week, right? And then they let me know, you know, this is what I'd like you to kind of focus in on. My child's been really scared of going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And so then in the session, I approach that um, when it feels right. And I give, and I give the child some tools. So then afterwards, I let the parent know, this is what we're working on, right? So we talked about it a little bit she came up with the idea of 
doing some big deep breaths and tapping her body Mm -hmm. before she goes into the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So I said, if you can do that with her, you know, as often as possible, even when it's, when she's not upset, right? Because that's when our brains can understand the information. Mm -hmm. So I give the tools and say, can you focus in on this during the week with them? And then let me know how that goes. Great. And Rachel, how can parents contact you? So I have, um, I have an Instagram. I'm sure you'll put this on there. Yes. Dana. Um, So I have my website on there and you can book or actually write on Instagram. You can click book and book a call. Um, And it's just, it's called a cosmic care call with me and for 15 minutes. And then we would just go from there. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed your energy. And I enjoyed (laughs) talking about flow time. I mean, just sort of mentioning it together with with dance. And I'm sure that so many kids can benefit from this wonderful combination. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to interview me. And your energy is amazing. Too. I feel <laughs> like lifted up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really yeah. enjoyed it. And I hope, I hope you stay safe and healthy. Yeah. Thank you. You too. <laughs> Thank you. So bye. 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 Bye.